0: Hey guys, you are listening to Killer Cocktails, where the drinks are stiff, but the bodies are stiffer. This is a casual true crime podcast where two friends get drunk and talk about gruesome murders. Each week we pick a different drink whose name or ingredients set the tone for our stories.
1: Hello, and welcome to Killer Cocktails. This week's episode is the Paloma. Drea, had you ever heard of the Paloma before this episode? No, not at all. I don't think I am up on the grapefruit drinks at all. I only know about the Greyhound, which is delicious. Okay. But otherwise, grapefruit. And I like grapefruit. I like yeah. grapefruit soda. I like... Some people think it is death, mm-hmm. and other people love the flavor, <laughs> and I happen to love the flavor. Like cilantro, you know? Yeah, it's one of those... It's a, it's a... There's no on the fence about grapefruit, Yeah, I don't
0: think. You have to be careful with your medication sometimes. Yes. So control, if you... if you, What?
1: what not this one cocktail is not going to knock off your birth control but if you're on the pill be careful about large quantities of grapefruit
0: curious yeah oh my gosh that's weird um so back to this drink i would say this is a margarita with bubbles
1: yeah because it's essentially you made them you've got tequila Mm mm-hmm lime juice lime juice and then um grapefruit
0: soda yeah i mean you can go old school and you could do like grapefruit juice and the fresh lime mm-hmm. juice and but mm-hmm. i went italian grapefruit soda because i'm i'm because you fancy i'm fancy there you go i'm cheap <laughs> <laughs> and i don't like to do a lot of work no, but you want you
1: were excited about the bubbles when we were talking yeah. about this the bubbles had you i was in it i i could do more bubbles i don't know i think it's really refreshing yeah, um, when I was reading some of the different, like, iterations of it. So, apparently this is very popular in uh, in Mexico. Okay, nice. And they were saying that people will make it with uh, juaritos. Uh-huh. Uh, but then up in the U.S., typically you're making it with squirt or oh. uh, fresca. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah, so easily, if you can get it, uh, grapefruit soda. Um, so, for the history of this drink, uh, this is from uh, tastecocktails.com. Little is known about the historical origin of the Paloma, the most popular tequila-based cocktail in Mexico. No way. What? I Yeah. You know, like, everyone in America gets super excited about uh, Cinco de Mayo, and then down in Mexico, it's not as big as, you yeah. know, it's like an Americanized... Yeah. Um, maybe the Margarita is a little bit of that. I don't really know. Some believe that the name after... That, that this is named after La Paloma, which means the dove. Oh. Uh the popular folk song composed in the early 1860s. So apparently there's this popular song called Dove or La Paloma, which has now this cocktail named after it. Got it. Differt's Guide states it was created by the legendary Don Javier Delgado Corona, owner and bartender of La Capilla in Tequila, Mexico. That's awesome. So maybe this guy made it up. Maybe it's just a, who knows? Um, How would you describe the flavor? Um... I At first, it
0: just tastes like grapefruit and bubbles. And then at the very end, there's a hint of the tequila. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you got your lime juice in there, too. Um, but yeah, overall, super refreshing. No, this is good. Do you like it?
1: I really like it. Yeah. Yeah. This, again, there's some things where we're like putting placeholders for when it's summertime <laughs> drinks that we can really enjoy yeah and you found this cocktail actually we were like oh we haven't done a tequila drink in a while we were trying to come up with a drink Mm -hmm. and then i said well what like what's our base what do we want to start with and then you said we haven't done tequila in a while so then you started looking up tequila uh tequila cocktails and this one popped right up apparently it's very popular yeah um this was okay what's this thing i'm reading here um according to various sources bartender evan harrison was the first to introduce the paloma to u.s audiences with a pamphlet Popular Cocktails of the Rio Grande, referring to the region in Texas where mass grapefruit production has given the citrus the title, The Pride of the Rio Grande Valley. So uh, despite the popularity of the Paloma in Mexico, the United States' history of Americanizing Mexican food and drink, um, and the fact that the U.S. outranks Mexico in grapefruit production by a half a million tons each year, that's crazy. The cocktail uh, has not enjoyed the same mainstream success north of the border. So even though we have way more grapefruits than yeah. Mexico, Mexico loves this drink and it hasn't really caught on in America in the same way that the margarita has. You would think it'd be like, I don't know, the farmers who do cauliflower, they're like, hey, you know it's good? Cauliflower pizza. <laughs> and then they start doing, you know, you just have to market. So what's happening is that the grapefruit lobbyists... <laughs> are not hitting the... You know, they're not pounding the <laughs> pounding the sand like... Yeah, uh, like other people are. Oh, jeez. You know what's sexy this year? What's that?
0: Grapefruits. No. <laughs> oh, no. No, weren't we talking about it? What is it? Coconut. Coconut's really hot right now. Oh, co- yeah, coconut is the new... What did you... It's, it's a superfood now? Yeah. Uh, they like to use this term, superfoods, which doesn't really mean anything. It's always had the same... It's like kale. They said kale is a oh, superfood. Yeah. Spinach is
1: definitely in par with kale on the like nutrient level. So superfoods are... In my, just a marketing As theme. someone who is not... Like, you've taken dietary... Cl- like, I'm someone who very much learns about nutrition through the people that I talk to, doctors that I talk to, or articles that pop up because they're having a they're they're trending yeah and superfoods is something that definitely is a marketable mm-hmm. that's how you get fringe people that aren't in the know about dietary things to be like that's how this is all, i'm making a healthy choice right yeah, now good this on is a me. superfood
0: <laughs> it was like when you look at packaging you have to be really careful of what is on the front label because it can be like this is like heart healthy and blah blah. Mm-hmm. They can put anything essentially on that front. There's yeah. nothing really dictating until you get back to the mandatory nutrition facts. Yeah, and that's why they'll be like, "This is only 50 calories, but their serving size is one teaspoon." And you're like, "I'm going to eat." We learned this about serving sizes before, Loco. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yeah, just be aware of what you are consuming. <laughs> Correct. Uh, all right, so I think I think we kind of covered. Yeah, Recipe that's and great. It seems good enough. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I still think Gin Buck is my go to summer drink so far.
1: I love that you discovered your favorite <laughs> summer drink through the podcast. This is, I'm super stoked. And I've never had a Gin Buck either. Like, yeah. that was quite the surprise. I definitely will order at least one this summer. Like, yeah. It, that's nice. That's on my radar.
0: Because I feel like I was super into gimlets, but I feel like they're too sugary.
1: They are. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. Now, Especially where, and we talked about this in the Gimlet's episode, where, how they make it where you get it. If they're just doing Rose's lime juice, Mm -hmm. that's super sugary. If you're making a fresh one, then it's just a little bit of simple syrup, right? You've got the fresh lime Mm -hmm. and some simple, yeah. It's hard. The sugar book I'm afraid of. I still have to read my sugar book. (laughs) Read it. It's so, like, sugar's so bad. It's everywhere. They put it in bread. They put Mm -hmm. it in everything. Everything
0: um okay so i'm gonna jump right into my murder i'm gonna tell you about glenn stewart godwin glenn stewart godwin it's a solid name glenn stewart godwin was born on june 26 1958 and besides that i couldn't find anything else about his childhood he had a childhood he he was a uh, he was a little person and then he was big and now he's big do you know who else that he shares
1: that similarity with me and you We were all little kids. (laughs) I meant. (laughs) Oh wow! I thought you were doing like the Money Magazine thing again. No, what I was, what I meant is, what I was saying was, someone who you know when they were born, but Mm. then they kind of have these lost years and they reemerge as an adult is Jesus. No one knows anything about teenage Jesus. Okay, <laughs> that was such a weird tie-in. What the fuck? He famously, famously has nothing written about his childhood or teenage years. Like he's like like Jesus famous.
0: Um,
1: I'm a reverend, Drea. Right? Uh, sometimes I am too. That's right drea's got one in her got one down i got I've one down. performed eight yeah ceremonies? Jackie's maybe definitely nine more eight or nine
0: than i am she's done a dual wedding or no a no. dual ministership
1: two people asked me at the same time but their weddings were no i thought you and apart. another
0: person were both ministers oh
1: that's true oh yeah that's that was awesome. the most recent one that was the most recent one yeah tag team style and I was not the one that said the wrong name. Hey, <laughs> so the other person said the wrong name. It was really cool, like funny though, uh, because the groom and his best friend are like a Bert and Ernie pair. Like <laughs> when the when the bride came into the picture, everyone was like, "How's this gonna? How's this gonna <laughs> flow with Bert and Ernie?" And uh, so you say their name like their names just roll off your tongue together. Uh-huh. So when he was welcoming everyone to the wedding, he said the two dudes' names. <laughs> okay that's awesome and it was so fun. like it was a really great ice like everyone's gonna know like they're nervous up there like it was a really great icebreaker the couple it's oh, very much in their line of thinking it's hilarious
0: that's awesome i love that
1: <laughs> and then i w- like that i wasn't nervous about doing because i was super nervous i was going to do that
0: <laughs> and you're like boom boom thank already, you already been done all right so don't know about his childhood so we're gonna just jump right into his adult life okay so it's 1980 and glenn is living in palm school Palm springs california okay he's working as a self-employed tool salesman a mechanic and a construction worker so he is on the grind he's he's out there doing the hustle he's doing that thing he um has no criminal history thus far well we don't know anything about him that is true (laughs) (laughs) nothing of significance correct um, but then Glenn and his roommate Frank Soto Jr. decide to rob an old friend named Kim Robert Lavalley, who is a drug dealer and pilot. I'm assuming Kim is um, male, but I can't be sure. I don't know. Okay. Okay. Drug dealer, pilot. So Glenn and Frank lure Kim back to their condominium, where Frank attacks Kim and holds him down while Glenn punches and kicks him. So, just to remind you... It's a real zero
1: to 60 moment.
0: Yeah. They were just supposed to go and rob him, and now it's going to go past 60. Glenn then attempts to strangle Kim, but then ends up grabbing a
1: butcher knife and stabs Kim 26 times. So, this isn't like he was struggling with you, and you choked him because he was fighting back, and you... This is... Yeah. An escalation. Yeah. And then, like, the guy who went with him, Frank would later say, like...
0: He had never seen the sight of Glenn, and he just like a switch. He, he went maniac, and he was scared of him. Yeah. Um, So after the murder, Glenn and Frank load Kim's body into a truck and set off for the desert. Glenn then decides the they're best... at a house,
1: like or at an <clears throat> apartment building or something. huh. Yeah. If you're that other, it's hard to think in, in the eighties. Yeah. Like while he's stabbing him, wouldn't you like peace out, like run away? You're in it now, though. I mean, if you... I would straight up run to the cops and be like, "Sorry, yes, I was going to like." Robin. Rob like I don't there's this whole like you feel like you're already in this deep you might as well keep going yeah. and that's for somebody who's not psychotic that's just in the moment thinking
0: I mean like did you ever see Alpha Dog and it was yeah. based on that true story yeah, I yeah. mean things kind of escalate I know, you're right. and obviously it didn't escalate to that extent like I think they probably went over there tried to rob it didn't go well
1: then Frank holds him down, and, mm-hmm. you know, one thing leads, leads to another. Yeah, just watching someone get stabbed 26 times and not having any part of it, like, I would just want to... Get out of the situation. Be away. Yeah. Ta- I'm a tattletale. <laughs> well, we also don't know Frank's background. He might have... <laughs> That's true. You might be
0: on probation, and, you He know, might not it. be a tattletale. So, um, after the murder, Glenn and Frank load Kim's body into a truck and set off for the desert. Glenn then decides the best way to get rid of the evidence is to strap a homemade explosive device to Kim's body and so they blow up kim and the truck and the truck yeah they just leave the truck they're like leaving everything there i think they went out with two cars
1: i feel like there's gonna be some evidence left yeah by involving the truck yeah i oh well, yeah it's, i would think it's... i would think blowing the body up would be more successful do you ever a story about when the when the whale washed up oh and it exploded and they were like we'll just blow it up Ah. and then blubber like (laughs) flew and like damaged cars where was that So this was at the beach but it was like a like a state beach like it was a but yeah but where i know like on a beach i feel like it was california but i don't know but they were like whoever was like dynamite let's do it and it destroyed so much stuff and smelled like it was the worst idea Okay, this is the thing some dude came up with the idea
0: cool he's crazy some other dude in charge was like
1: yes people love it.
0: explosions <laughs> someone
1: was like what a reason for an explosion <laughs> do it i'm into it
0: okay so they blow up everything so on august 3rd 1980 uh, so a little bit time goes past some eagle mountain residents were out in the desert when they find the charred remains of the pickup truck and kim's body oh wow later police identified the body and charged glenn with first degree murder so uh, it pretty
1: quickly come back came yeah, back to him
0: yeah Although Frank testified against Glenn, Frank was sentenced to 25 years to life in prison for the murder
1: in 1982. So, back to my earlier point, Frank Mm. would have gotten in far less trouble Mm. if he'd run away and squealed immediately. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Exactly. See something, say something. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Glenn was sentenced for the murder and robbery to uh, 26 years to life in prison in 1983. But the story's not over. How do you know? I told you it was short. Oh, okay. No, just kidding. It's it's not over. (laughs) You got me. You legit got me. I was like, oh, that was very short. You were like, where's the pizzazz? Where's my tie? uh, It's coming. What are we doing? Paloma. Grapefruit drink tequila yes okay cool i was like i think i have it
1: highlighted i had to start doing that because i missed it on one of the episodes you told me i knew what it was but the podcast didn't know yeah no one said anything you were pretty except my mom you were (gasps) really oh i didn't tell you that no No. my mom texted me and she's like great episode Drea didn't say her tie (laughs) hey kip my tie for gin buck
0: because i kept emphasizing london you did i mean you set yourself up for it (laughs) Was that my case happened in London, so. Gotcha, Kit.
1: <laughs> London Buck was the other name for Gin Buck. Yeah. It was where yeah. He got there.
0: Um, okay, so he's going to prison. In 1987, Glenn attempts to escape during his incarceration at Duell Vocational Institute in California. But he is caught and they move him to Folsom State Prison. Folsom. Which is a maximum security prison. That mm-hmm. Glenn was like. It's on mm. the way to Tahoe. Okay, there you go. <laughs> but Glenn was like, "Nah, I got to get out of here." So, authorities believe that Glenn's wife, Shelley Rose Godwin, helped smuggle in a
1: hacksaw. No way.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: Prison breaks are so fascinating to me. Yeah. I love, We can. I'll, I'll let, I'm not going to interrupt your story completely. Yeah. When you're done, can we talk about prison breaks?
0: Yes. I love prison, like Alcatraz. Blah, all,
1: all of it. All day. Okay.
0: Please continue. Kyle made a good point though. Cause I was like, cartoonishly, how are you getting a ha- hacksaw in there? Mm-hmm. And he's like, you can just bring the blade. Like people have put it in books.
1: And then they make what, they... much like they make shanks and stuff. Yes.
0: Much like, yes. Got um. it.
1: They're resourceful, super, yeah, I think the only person more resourceful than a prison inmate is a uh, pothead trying to make a way <laughs> to smoke weed, <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, no, you got to get them creativity, okay, so she's bringing in a hacksaw, she's also bringing in other tools, um, and so his former cellmate in duel uh Lorenz uh Carlick, helped change Glenn's security destination. Uh, While he's in prison, which allowed Glenn to work in a part of the prison he wasn't supposed to because it was an older area with looser security. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't, I'm not quite sure. He's not in a
1: maximum. He's in a, a minimum security prison or like a rehabilitative prison or something right now. He's in Folsom State Prison. Oh, when he got to Folsom, this he, is his new yes. security so designation. He, he tried to escape.
0: They like send him to Folsom. They're like, you're pissing us off. I get it. And then somehow <clears throat> Lorenz, who was uh, his old cellmate, mm-hmm. was able to like pay off a guard or cook the book somehow, yep. get him this detailed um, security that was not strict. Okay. So on June 5th, 1987, which is just five months after getting there, Glenn cuts a hole through security bars inside a wall walled prison yard and then crawls 1000 feet inside a storm drain that empties into the american Shut river up. do you know what that sounds like
1: it sounds like uh Shawshank redemption yeah <laughs> straight up oh i only andy had to crawl through shit yeah i love it yeah <laughs> isn't that rad dude and you're like full like there's thoroughfares through there mm-hmm. you got major highways interesting
0: yes. Um, and then just to let you know, Shawshank Redemption was made in 1994. I couldn't find any legit connection, but they had to have taken it from this because it's the same exact story. Yeah. Um, he then goes through another set of bars that has already been cut, like, like going into the river, and he finds a raft waiting for him outside. Glenn then floats down the river following painted arrows on rocks that direct him to his getaway car.
1: Who set this up for
0: him? I mean, his wife and then his ex-cellmate are like helping him. Wow. Yeah. Um, Glenn is one of the few people to ever escape from Folsom in its 139 years of being a prison. He was, uh, he at the time, he was the third person to successfully uh, escape. Interesting. Yeah. So in June of 1987, uh, Lorenz was arrested in California and convicted for aiding Glenn's escape. Hmm. In January of 1988, Shelley, Shelley Godwin, his wife, was classified as a federal fugitive for her role in her husband's escape. And she was captured by the FBI in Dallas, Texas on Not February. With him. Nope. On February 7th, 1990. All right. So. Where is he now? Well, here we go. So Glenn flees to Mexico. There's my tie. Oh. Mexico. Very popular drink in Mexico. Yes. Uh, where he gets wrapped up in the drug trade and is caught smuggling cocaine. Mm. He is then arrested and later convicted for drug trafficking in um, in and around Mexico, and sentenced to seven years and six months in Puente Grande prison in 1991. While American authorities were working on Glenn's uh, extradition, Glenn allegedly kills a member of a Mexican cartel in prison. Mm, do do that. The new murder allegation delayed his extradition, which gave Glenn more time. To escape. execute another escape. He's an escaper. Yes! Escaper's going to escape. they going to escape, which occurred in September of 1991. Now, they think that he had made friends with some cartel, and in exchange for killing the guy in prison, yeah. they helped him escape. Uh, yep. But this is, um, this isn't, Refuted uh, or... yeah, this is unsure since the official report was never given to American authorities. Hmm. Yeah. They're like, mm, I don't know what happened. He's gone, though. Oh, you pay people. Yep. So, Glenn was reportedly seen once in California in 1997, but managed to elude the FBI, which had uh, placed him on its its most wanted list of fugitives the year before. Interesting. So, Glenn remained on the most wanted list for two decades, until he was replaced with another top target, despite never being caught. Wow.
1: Which is actually- He just became smaller potatoes. Yeah, exactly.
0: Uh, So, it's actually super rare for people to get removed, unless they- Are captured, they die, or all the charges are dropped. Um, There's only been nine cases in which the FBI have removed people because they um, deem them particularly... They're no longer particularly dangerous to society. Wow. Uh, Another side note of the side note... Uh, I thought it was interesting because I didn't know how the most wanted list came about. Yeah. Uh, so the FBI's most wanted list was created after a reporter for the International News Service approached the FBI about writing a story about the quote quote, toughest guys they were looking for. Huh. The FBI supplied the ten toughest, and the story was hit. That uh, so because and you're
1: giving exposure to. Yes, it works for everybody. Yes.
0: And so J. Edgar Hoover created the Ten Most Wanted Fugitives program on March 14th, 1950. Older than I thought. Yeah. I thought that was super cool. Yeah. Um. So <clears throat> Glenn is now 61 years old and is currently believed to be involved in drug trafficking and travels between San Francisco, Mexico, Central, and South America. He uses aliases such as Dennis Harold McWilliams, Nigel Lopez, and Miguel Carrera. He is considered to be armed and dangerous, extremely dangerous, and an obvious flight risk. The FBI was offering a reward of up to $100,000 for information leading to Glenn's capture. But uh, I actually checked the website today, and it's been reduced. It's uh, now Hmm. $20,000. But yeah, he is still at large. Um, I would say go check out the FBI's Most Wanted list. Kind of thumb through those guys. Go
1: check out Glenn. But um, yeah, it's crazy. So- I would think the reason he's on the most wanted list is the breaking out of prison stuff.
0: Yeah. The
1: the killing one guy, people get murdered all the time, mm-hmm. and it's sad and terrible and shouldn't happen, but everybody doesn't end up on the list for that. So this is thumbing your nose at authority and yeah. sneaking out of places when you shouldn't be.
0: I think it also, um, he's now part of a cartel, so yeah. I think that's yeah, also really valid. part of it. And he is... Um, he knows Spanish really well. He knows English really well. He—they were talking about how he's like always been super vain about his appearance. So they're gonna like—he's gonna be fit looking. He's gonna be well dressed. <laughs> like, um, but he's, yeah, he's clubbing out in San Francisco. Mm, yeah, actually, they—they they have had some sightings out there. Interesting. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> wow. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I love that it involved a prison break. Yeah. Well, it was funny because I was talking to Kyle and he was like, oh, yeah, I know that guy. I was like, how do you know that guy? He's like, oh, I used to check the most wanted list all the time and he was <sighs> up there forever. I was like, you're such you a weirdo. And, you and Kyle <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was Glenn. I like it. Yeah. Um, we're going to take a short break, but we'll be right back with mm. Jackie's murder.
1: Welcome back. <laughs> I'm going to tell you about... <laughs> uh okay so there's this guy gary lee triano okay uh t-r-i-a-n-o say triano he was born november 6th 1943 we're doing old ones um so he's a millionaire millionaire real estate developer from tucson arizona um he had just come home from golfing at the la paloma country club in the catalina foothills okay um gets into his lincoln town car this is in November of 1996, and he is killed by a pipe bomb. What? Where? Um, at the La Paloma Country oh, Club okay. in the Catalina Foothills.
0: What? Like, everybody dies or just him?
1: Just him. His Lincoln Town car blew up oh, in a pipe bomb. Got it. <laughs> mob style. <laughs> Ooh, okay. So that's kind of where everyone's heads go. Yeah, yeah. They think it's a mob hit. So, I'll <clears throat> tell you a little bit about Gary. He had spent most of his life in Tucson, Tucson, Arizona, Um, He had graduated from Rincon Rincon High School. He had earned his degree in accounting from University of Arizona. He attended University of Arizona's law school. Like, he's an Arizona guy. Um, He had been married twice. So the first wife, she was named Mary Cram, and they had two kids together. And then he married his second wife, Pamela Phillips. Uh, They were married on October fourth, 1986, in San Diego. Uh, Gary and Pamela have two kids. He has two kids from a prior marriage. And then Gary and Pamela have two kids, Trevor and Lois. Uh, Gary was, uh, very successful financially. So Pamela ended up, so they were both in like real estate and stuff. Pamela ends up quitting her real estate job. Um, so she's essentially just a socialite. Mm -hmm. And in 1993, Triano's, uh, he has massive debt and it starts to pile up so they eventually kind of separate and divorce okay. I and mean, she's kind of about about it with the money and when the money's drying up now he's having all these financial issues it's kind of like Meh. yeah so at the time of the divorce triano files for chapter 11 bankruptcy he claims 40 million in debt Jeez, after several gosh. failed business dealings regarding indian casinos oh no so his ex-wife pamela she moves to aspen colorado Um, she takes their kids and she continues, like, she gets back into commercial real estate and she's over there doing that. Um, it's then discovered that Pamela had taken out a $2 million life insurance Mm. policy against Triano shortly before his death. Hmm. So they're they're divorced. divorced. The couple's two children were set as the beneficiaries. Okay. So she's opening it up in their names for their father. Did she do one on herself too? Doesn't say. Hmm. Um, so that's paid out in 1997 to Phillips and she's like the executor of,
0: so, she gets, stuff. so
1: okay. she gets the two million. Um, so this guy, Ronald Young, he's a small time criminal, um, and he meets Pamela in Aspen. Uh, and according to her, he became her business advisor. This kind of small town criminal guy is her business advisor. Yeah. Um, there's, they have records of Phillips, uh, paying him sums of money throughout the 90s. So suddenly, when all of this kind of comes to light later, police have this theory that maybe Phillips paid Young to go knock off her ex-husband because yeah. she has this life insurance policy on him. Um, shortly before the bombing, a van rented by Young was found abandoned in Yorba Linda, California, and inside the vehicle were documents pertaining to Phillips and Triano's divorce, a map of Tucson, what, and a sawed-off shotgun. No! Okay, so all of that kind of looks bad and is a mess, but nine years later so nine years after the murder mm-hmm. on november 19th 2005 an episode of america's most wanted <gasps> profiles ronald young and it says nothing to do with any of that it's about forgery and, embe- and uh, embezzlement yeah um, but in the episode they mention that he has this potential connection to this other crime uh he's found uh two days later they find him in fort lauderdale florida Mm -hmm. he serves a 10 month uh prison sentence uh for weapon possession and he probably was on a parole and stuff um and then he gets extradited back to aspen for these charges that have to do with her so following his arrest, investigators found uh, phone records and email correspondence between Young and Phillips relating to Triano's murder. So okay. there's like evidence yeah. now building up because now they're looking at him and they're finding all this other stuff. Yeah. Um, in 2008, he's charged with the murder of Gary Triano. Okay. So although authorities tried to track her down, in 2008, she flees after her indictment and they end up finding her in 2009 in Austria. What? Yeah. how they find her there? Oh, they they got ways
0: that's crazy um so then they have Do to they wait. have a extradition
1: yeah okay so then uh they she doesn't get extradited until 2010 so all of this kind of takes a while yeah um after a brief episode in 2011 where they're saying she's not fit to stand trial there's kind of arguments about her mental stuff okay. she's declared able to stand trial in 2012 okay so she's arrested for his murder uh and she then oh i kind of cut out my notes here so she goes to trial and she keeps saying, I'm innocent. I'm innocent. She's like pleading with the judge. She's talking to the people in court. Um, and they're not having it. She's like, it was a mob hit. It wasn't yeah. anything to do with me. And they're not having it. And she's found guilty. Um, the mob would be connected through
0: the casino. Dealings? Yeah. It's okay. kind of. The,
1: and just the way like a pipe on a car. Yeah. It's kind of mobby, I guess. Um, but she's rotten away in prison.
0: Oh, so they found her guilty and found she, her guilty, oh, off wow. she goes.
1: Life in prison, no parole. Do
0: they um, do they have harder evidence between besides those just like the bank accounts? They have like all things? the correspondence they okay. And I'm
1: pretty sure I don't know that I read it anywhere, but I'm it, I would assume that Young kind of flipped on her a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Would be my guess. Up and if, if stuff. You're, yeah. If you're not getting paid by her anymore, you don't get to be with her anymore. What, what's the point? What's the point? Yeah. Give her up.
0: Love. No.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how in love they were. Yeah. Dude, yeah that sucks for the husband
0: it does just i don't know just don't
1: just don't blow people up for money yeah money money is the root of a lot of stuff yeah just so she was another one that like not quite at dana's level yeah from your previous story yeah but she kind of she wanted to be highfalutin and have Which is all crazy the nicest I feel things
0: like two million dollars isn't anything compared to like what obviously they were spending like if they're 40 million like well, what's
1: crazy to me is like she was a successful real estate agent herself yeah she can go you know see this watch i bought it she could
0: do it herself i think maybe there's some spite in there too there might be. Yeah. yeah and then she's like well why not maybe she kind of like internally was like it maybe this is for it's good for my kids and it's good for me yeah, and it's who like who knows
1: yeah yeah And there wasn't... I'm guessing if in the divorce he's filing for Chapter 11 bankruptcy, like, she's probably pissed she's not getting anything in the divorce.
0: That's true, yeah.
1: And so if he's, you know, broke on paper, Mm -hmm. then killing him and having this thing, you know, that's a way to get money out of him. Yeah. A crazy way, but...
0: Ugh, that's awful. Dang. Well, I'm glad it's all resolved. Yeah, it's all tied up. Yeah.
1: There's (laughs) no waiting on uh, (laughs) trials and the... The typical Jackie special. <laughs> uh, no, that was awesome. That was Paloma. Paloma. Happened at the Paloma golf course.
0: Yeah. Um, again, these are tasty. Definitely make these. Um, and, oh, if you have any drink selections, just hit us up on Instagram. That's the best way to contact us. Uh, just send us a little DM message.
1: Thanks, guys. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Killer Cocktails. As always, on our talent was Jackie Andrea. Uh, be sure to check out our Instagram at Killer Cocktails Podcast or stop by our website, killercocktailspodcast.com, for up to date information, photos, contests, and more. Our logo was created by Michelle Firm, whose amazing art can be found at MichelleFirmDesign.com. Our music was created by Nikolai Hybless, and we'll be back next week on hashtag Murder Mondays. <laughs> <laughs>